across the world, 24 hours a day. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. An adventure unlike anything on your planet. The story of a boy, a boy, and a universe. A big sprawling space saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle light years ahead of its time. An epic of heroes and villains and aliens from a thousand worlds. A billion years in the making. Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Hello and welcome to Starburst Radio at Fab Radio International. And I'm hoping that I'm the editor of Starburst Magazine. I'm hoping I've got another editor joining me for this show or it'll be a bit boring. Hello. Oh, my God, that blew the doors off then. Someone's turned that <laughs> up quite high. Yeah, no, um, I'm glad you're here, Martin. This is Mr. Martin Unsworth. Me, me and Martin are editors of the world's longest-running magazine, of sci-fi, horror and fantasy. Starburst magazine, been around since 1977, bringing you... Um, it's in socks tomorrow. I am very excited about this because obviously in the middle of lockdown we had just put one out, 471. That ended up having to be on sale for quite a bit longer because, well, there was nowhere to buy it. The, the Everywhere shut down and all the movies that we were going to cover in 472 all changed their release date, some all the way to next year. So we're left with a bit of a problem. So issue 472, we've put a lot of... Uh, we've managed to put a very, very fine magazine together uh, that covers lots of stuff for you to do while you are still with all this time on your hands. Yep. Hopefully it's still a little bit locked down. We're not all queuing up to prime act. I don't even know what to say. I mean, well, you can't do this show without commenting on certain things, but I was surprised. I went, I came in on Monday because I needed to do some printouts of all this stuff that I'm doing, and I was getting along, getting on with a lot of stuff, and it was great, but I had to go in queues of traffic on the way in, so I thought, ooh, it's getting really busy now, isn't it? When in Manchester was not eerie, it's sort of like an old clapped-out motor spinning over trying to get its engine to run, you know? It, yeah. That's what it felt like. <laughs> and it, But then 
every when there were people on the streets and I had to look I had to actually use the highway code now for the last 12 weeks crossing the road to come into the office I haven't even had to look I just yeah. what well, it's not a road it's just you know and uh, no it's back to there was traffic there and there were people up and down the street and literally every other person had a ginormous Primark bag Everybody, they they were. I never seen so many. They they, they were fifty fifth. You every other person that you saw had one, and I thought, is that it? Twelve weeks. You've waited twelve weeks for yeah, that. For your two pound leggings. Yeah, and then when I got home, the news was on. So there were some vox pops and talking heads from from you know Manchester and Liverpool. Because they, yeah. they, that Liverpool one unit had opened up that shopping centre as well, you know. So, yeah. so they're interviewing people and everyone was going, oh, it's good to get out. It's just good to be out of the house again doing stuff. And then there was this woman, uh, this um, large lady outside Primark on uh, Market Street in Manchester. And he said to her, how are you, well, how are, how are you feeling then about this being back? And she went, oh, I just can't believe that I'm back here at last. It's been so long. I feel like I've won the lottery, literally. I bet I can find it for you if you don't believe me. That That's yeah. what, that's what, that's, wow. Wow. Yeah. You know what we need to do? We need to sell the bag in there. And that put, put a bit of spice in the life. Yeah, but no not, one can. Not re- the fact they get in Piccadilly Garden. Yeah, but no one can read in there. Well, this is true. You know, you'd be looking. I mean, we got plenty of pictures, so it might be it might be a bit of a winner for that. Well, we would need to cover friends as well, I think, for that look. Oh, dear, good lord! Oh no, that's too sophisticated. That, my god, that's like art house for them. <laughs> I, I shudder to think what they'd probably watching them. Them lot, you know what? I look at the people coming in out of Primark. I'm sorry, I just think shameless. Sorry. Sorry, yeah, I, 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 you know. I do buy things from there. I mean, I will fully admit. You know, yeah, but cheap. there is a Primark shopper. There's, a, there's somebody like you and there's somebody like Charlie or Chris or whatever who will go in and get cheap underpants or a shirt or something functional because it, it's a cheap something that you just need that's not important. That's fine. Yeah. I get that and I know it's good for that. But there's a certain type of Primark shopper, a dedicated oh, I mean, Primark Pro shopper. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't know how they're managing to sort of like you know not make a mess of all the uh, yeah. all the displays because you're not supposed to touch stuff. I know they won't be able to help themselves. They'll be like zombies clambering clambering for flesh in there. I I've well, been in twice in my life. On one occasion, I was with somebody else, and it was it was hell. It was absolute hell on earth. And then the second I, time, I <laughs> the second time, I was curious. So. I they the person I was with was get, getting somewhere and I went I'm gonna go and have a look downstairs because the the menswear where there's this some formal stuff and there was some suits and I went down and the they were selling suits for fifty quid and and the I just couldn't believe what I was looking at you can imagine but they had <laughs> you won't find this hard to believe I bet you didn't know they had this they had a tuxedo for seventy five quid. Not just on a T-shirt. No, no, no. They had, oh, they had lots of them. But no, they had a tux. You could get a tux for 75 quid. It's it's well, literally just... It's a black suit, and they've just got the, the shiny black patches that are on, you know, the lapels to make it look like... It's more like a pseudo. It's a it's basically a black suit that they've 
tarted up to look like a tux. I mean, if you turned up at a black tie event wearing that, you might as well have, have come in with one of the homeless people outside with a big bowl. Well, that's the only succeeder I'd probably be able to get. Because anyway. they'll kick you out. But, <laughs> mind, mind you, they won't get anything yeah. with that. So. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. It's a funny place. I'm sorry to be a snob about it. It's just, it does me add because people... Let's people, move on. Yeah, people need to, to make more effort and, and Primark. Oh, man. Anyway, I'm done. I'm done because right. we're, I might but, be offending someone. Or everybody. <laughs> everybody. Not everybody shops there at all. No, no, no. Let's move on. Uh, latest issue. That's uh, subscribers have started getting it, which is yeah. excellent. Uh, it's going to be in shops tomorrow. You can pick it up, or you can buy it from our website, mm. Yep. Uh, free postage to the UK. Uh, we, we celebrate the 40th anniversary of the Empire Strikes Back. Yep. And, uh, and. I'm sure Chris will be happy that I'm going to segue into a little bit of news. Yeah. Uh, apparently, View, when they reopen mm. uh, in July, will be showing Empire Strikes Back in 4K. Yes, indeed. It's... So, uh, be interesting to see who's going to actually go and see it, because everybody's seen it. I mean, I know it's different seeing things in the cinema. We all love that. But at the moment, do you really want to go back and do that? Well, it's just we've got to point out as well. It, it's it's the special edition, not the. Not oh yeah, the yeah. Well, it's not it's not a four K. The other ones are not no. not in public anyway. No. Well, when you talk about the original now, you are you are talking about the special edition because Lucas himself says they're the official version now. So, you know, that's whatever anything gets released, it's going to be that. I mean, yeah, and there's, there's not an awful lot of difference in that version. Uh, this is a bit more with the Wampa. They, there's not an awful lot in it, and there's a lot of scenes with Cloud City with CGI. Yeah, they've tied that up a bit. But... Yeah, and and on the whole, they've they've not done an awful lot, and a lot of them special effects in that film. Although it's not to me, I don't hold it on this pedestal. Everyone else does, but I. I still appreciate that those special effects have held up really well, especially the stuff in the asteroid field and, and all that. Yeah, and, yeah. And the walkers are not too bad, you know. Although some oh, that, that's brilliant because it's stop motion. Yeah, I know. And some, of it, but you know, some some of the snow speeder stuff's a bit. You can see some lines here and there, but the rest of it, no, it's pretty good. So they didn't do a lot. I mean, the big, the big, um, the biggest change was the Return of the Jedi because they yeah. they altered the very end of the saga. So that you had uh, you'd not got the Ewoks singing that song, and and then the yeah, everybody big... loved that song. Yeah, people did love that song, and people loved uh, Nice Noodle singing that Lappy Neck song that was in Jabba's barge in Jabba's palace, and um, and they got rid of that for something called Jedi Rocks with this weird CGI hippopotamus looking awful. creature. Yeah, and that that's the biggest atrocity I think out of all the three bits of the special edition. I think the first one's not too Even bad. Even worse than Jabba in the first one? Well, the fa- the, fa- the Jabba in the first one, the, the thing is, that scene is is contestable. People it, who it, don't know, they, they filmed a lot of stuff. It's irrelevant, it? Well, they filmed a lot of stuff in, in that film that didn't make its way in, but <laughs> made its way into the book and made its way into the radio adaptation. And the radio adaptation has that scene in it. Yeah. Hmm. And the radio adaptation, yeah, it has that scene not as Jabba 
uh, it has it as a guy. And I don't yeah. care I what... They filmed it that way, and it's... Yeah, George, George Lucas did not intend Jabba. The... He says now that that scene was just shot with that guy as an actor, as Jabba the Hutt, because he later wanted to do some stuff to it and create a creature. He's full of shit. That is not true. He is, because why does it just repeat everything that uh, Greedo's just said? Yeah, I know. But, but the point, my point is, he didn't do that just to do some special effects and turn him into some creature. I believe he came up with the fact that Jabba the Hutt was, was this big slug after when it, when he was working on Return of the Jedi, I think he thought he was just some big fat Godfather gangster type, yeah, yeah. And I think that that guy was gonna be him, and that would have been him throughout whenever he made an appearance. And I think he came up with the rest of it afterwards. And yeah, uh, but but, likely, but yeah. yeah, he did. You what you've said is bang on. They took that scene out because Greedo he Greedo says all of that. And it, yeah. it is, it's just duplicating two pieces of information. So when they put this back in, they're stuck with a problem that they've got him as a big fat slug now. So they had to put, you know, put a big fat slug in place of the actor. And to yep. a degree, at the beginning of it, you go, okay, fine. I suspect that the Jabba that you see in Jabba's Palace in Return of the Jedi doesn't look like he's going out for a Monday morning jog to me. Um, <laughs> the whole thing to me looks as though he can barely move and he needs assistance off a load of people and he's he's just sort of immobile, whereas it suggests that he's just out for a chat and a walk round Moss Eisley, doesn't he? Yeah, like a slug. Yeah, and then and then the you have that bit where Harrison Ford walks on, on his tail. Yeah, oh, that was half. That's just to co- cover up some. Uh... It's movement, yeah. Yeah, it's jarring. They they just bump him sort of up as if he's just walked up on, on top of summer and they have Jabba go, ouch, you know. Hide- yeah. Hideous cinema moment. <laughs> <laughs> but apart from that, out by our magazine. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it's it's good. I, I think there'll be lots of people buying The Empire Strikes Back and if you want to get in the mood for it, issue 472. And you yep. can read about uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which is on TV right now as well, on its final season. Has is it, is it started in the UK? I'm a bit out of touch on... Uh, um, I don't know, because I'm watching, I'm watching the screen. I know it turns yeah. up on Channel 4, doesn't it? I, think yeah. I don't know if it's started yet, but I'm on to the third... I've seen three episodes of the last season, and it's, it's very, very good. They've, they've done it really well. 1931, I think, uh, is the year they've ended up in. Brilliant. It's, it's, you can't beat it. I love the superhero that's set in that era. Uh, I love, that's why I, one my favourite is uh, of the Marvel movies is Captain America First Avenger, because uh, I love that era. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. We also cover the uh, 60th anniversary of the Flintstones. Yep. With a, a very, very brilliant... Uh, Feature there by Alan Boone. Yeah, the show Very that without which you would have no Simpsons, you would have yeah. no Family Guy. In my opinion, but apart from that, it's still good. Oh, oh, don't be like that. You know what I mean, though. You get you. It's so obvious it, watching that. They they prove that you could have an an adult sitcom. Uh, the yeah. animated, animated. Yeah, he, yeah, they they did prove it, and then they went and duplicated that with the Jetsons. So then you think, oh my God, really? They 
Futurama came after, you know, The Simpsons, yeah. and then you think, ooh, they're kind of really... They're not copying as much, but they certainly know what they're doing, don't they? Well, everybody has a style that they, they like to emulate. Yeah. I like both of them. I like I, I like the Jetsons, me. Thing. Oh, it's people, fun. people fun. never talk about that. Because they, they, <coughs> they don't show them anymore. No, no, um, they do. They show up. But I'll tell you what. One thing: the the Flintstones had the edge on the Simpsons in one way, and that is they they did age the characters. They did. Yeah, well, when it kept, they they actually gave them kids at, at one point. And... They did do. Well, you had um, you had they they had Pebbles and Bam Bam. Uh, yeah. uh, kids, so they they started growing up, and then you you even had a spin-off um, animated and a comic, uh, teenage Pad- Pebbles and Bam Bam, which is literally them as as you know uh, college kids, yeah, driving the yeah. parents mad, you know. I think I think it's great. I think that was a great aspect because then you've got more stories opening up, don't you? Absolutely, all yeah. the and problems it did, it for a long time. Yeah, I know. This is what I mean. Whereas, yeah, they they've kept them frozen in amber haven't they very much the um yeah you know i mean that's one of the the, the the bad things about the simpsons i have been sort of dipping back into the seasons because everybody turned off didn't they mm. at a certain point with the simpsons yeah round about sort of like the 18 the 19th season yeah uh, and i've been watching them uh post that mm. on disney plus right yeah. and there's some, there's some good episodes it's very hard <laughs> To, it's a few clunkers, but it's very, very, very difficult to produce a show that long, and and, yeah, and consistently be great. That's why I, I admire, also admire South Park because they've got a brilliant way of nailing a current event. I mean, I don't know if they're on now and if they've dealt with this virus or whatever, uh, but but certainly when you had the financial crash, I've never seen anything funnier than the episode that encapsulated all that. And then you had one that had a go at World of Warcraft, and they they got a, they oh, had a knack that, yeah. of staying relevant because they picked something that was going on in pop culture and really go to town lampooning it. Yeah, I mean, I think that sort of simplistic animation made that a bit more. Mm. It was quicker to produce on it. So. Of course it is, yeah. And they were they would something would happen, and they would literally be the week after they'd be dealing with it. It's it's absolutely incredible, and you know, uh, and and let's face it, there's plenty of of material out there at the moment. So, yeah, absolutely. But the Flintstones is a very, very, very important show, and it comes before all of these, and in in many ways, it did show that you can do an animated show that is hitting two audiences simultaneously it's in yeah. the adults it's in teenagers and it's 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 dealing with the young children who who were at the time the flintstones was being made they were predominantly the the sort of audience the audience that were watching yogi bear that were watching all the hanna barbera stuff yeah, yeah. And, it, and it went out in prime time. It did. It's, uh, people don't give the Flintstones credit. It's a very, very important show, and 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 hence we we deal with it. So buy exactly. Starburst, buy buy Starburst, buy it. Just keep buying it as well. We Just need to. It. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. Um, it, tonight we, there's a few things to talk about. Later on, I'm going to end with a review of of, of Artemis Fowl. I'm going to have to. Yeah, they, 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 this is you're going to have to get your seatbelts ready for this one. You really are. Cause... So you loved it. 
it's been a while since I've had such a, an extreme reaction to a film. So we'll we'll give it a few. We'll give it a little bit, and maybe about quarter to the last ten minutes, we'll we'll deal with yeah. that. Um, it, you, but, had a, you had a dirty rummage over it, didn't you? Um, I'm, I, I, if I start, I won't stop, and so right. we'll leave it be, because I'm exactly that. What I, I, I am emotion- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I am emotionally disturbed, so I need to get that off my chest later. Right. But, but well, good news is good. I did manage to see one, so I can start now by just giving a quick recommendation for a film. Yeah, oh. and it's not so much our type of thing although it is very very heightened reality very outlandish very artistic in nature i finally got to see the film emma which is spelled e-m-a that's um yeah and i very much love that film and i can recommend it if you out there you're looking for some film that's a bit different that's very interesting it's not for everyone again it's if you don't like sort of art house type cinema you will you'll find it a bit much and you maybe find the characters a little bit difficult the subject matters difficult it deals with troubled child and some parents and something horrible happens it and then they have to give up the child that they've adopted then stuff stay this sounds like what does this got to do with anything that established covers to be honest it hasn't got a lot but it doesn't that is reducing the story down it goes off in ways that I can't go into without spoiling it, and I don't want to yeah. do that. It is a an amazing film to watch. It's amazingly acted. The music's brilliant. It's some of the best cinematography I've seen in years. The the lighting alone for the film is is gobsmacking. You end up staring at, at a lot of visuals in it. It's just a great film. So there there um. I'm now off the hook. That now I can um, stick the boot into other stuff. Yeah, is that a movie? Yeah, it is. Uh, it's on Mubi, um, and you can, I believe, the Blu-ray's out this month. If I'm not mistaken, it might be a week off. I think if it's it's um, it's been released on Blu-ray, so you can get it. I would say it's worth buying. It's it's that good, really is good. It worth waiting for its uh, cheapness in in FOP. No, I'd get it. I'd just get it. It's worth that few quid because you will watch it again at some point. You uh, you might not watch it the week after, but you'll certainly watch it again. And that's not too bad. We never actually got to talk about Scoob because I was mentioning it as the show ended and I didn't chat with Chris about it last week. But Scoob... Yeah, it's, it's not out of it still. No, well, um, don't bother going seeing this film. They know. it's if you <laughs> If you like Scooby-Doo... Then there are lots of other versions of Scooby Doo. They've been made. This is the misnomer that people who don't realise. If you're a Scooby Doo fan of that old cartoon, they've kept making it. They there's thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo was made like seven years ago. That was really modern modern take on it. And there's been updated versions of this. It, 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 like they'd like you to think with this film that oh my god we're going to bring Scooby Doo into the 2020s and. No, it's been updated slowly as it's gone along, some more successful than others, and there's a lot of different... But they've never stopped really making the show. They've kept doing different versions of it, a bit like Power Rangers. They've not stopped making Power Rangers since since it was out in the 90s, but it's different versions every now and again. Now, this version is very much... Scoob, with an, with an exclamation mark, is... An origin story, just that we what we always wanted, in it? And it basically, 
sort of very similar <coughs> origin story to Scrappy Doo, to be honest. If you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, he just I, I, got they just found I'll, him, didn't they? I'll admit, I, I have watched it. Mm. I have a slightly different opinion than you. Yeah, that's I fine. Quite enjoy, I quite enjoyed it. Yeah, I get what you're saying about some of the things, but I think it was harmless. Yeah, it's, that's not good enough. You're talking about a property. Are you talking about a property that's uh, that's been huge? It's been revisited time and time again. It's a timeless property uh, that kids love, and even the kids that have grown up and uh, now in the forties, fifties, they still love that. They love the cartoon. Love the characters. They they they're very very uh, potent characters. And if it's done right, it's amazing. And um, you know, and there's been lots of. Um, references to it in pop culture. It even Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, they're called yeah, the yeah. Scooby well, Gang and all that. It, yeah, it, yeah. It, but this thing, to me, for starters, I used to watch Dynamo Dog, Dog Wonder, which had Blue Falcon in it. So you've got yeah, them yeah. characters in this. You've got a lot of other Hanna-Barbera characters in it. But they're just shit. The Captain Caveman turns up doing his Captain Caveman and he's not like Captain Caveman was nobody. No, that... Nobody's like any of the characters that are supposed to be in this. That was film. a disappointing bit. Yeah, all these characters were turning up left, right, and centre, and you, they were not recognisable. Dick Dastardly and Mutley. Mutley had the laugh. That's it. Every everything felt like a desktop theme. Everything had no depth to it. No, none of the characters behaved how you used to, how they used to behave. I'll give the exception to Shaggy. Shaggy was, um, you could recognise him as being that character from the cartoons, and he was played reasonably well. I think it's the actor that was out of Last Man on Earth. Mm. But what a, um, this is is literally, oh, we got these characters, what can we do with it? Um, Let's Toy Story it. Yeah. To me, I just, I thought it was a tremendous disappointment to me, uh, considering what they could have done with it. And do you know what? The the biggest crime of all is for the first 10 minutes it had me. It had me hook, line and sinker. When they recreated in uh, Pixar vision, uh, the best way of putting it, isn't it? Um, And they recreated the actual perfectly recreated the opening credits of the original animated show and you can imagine what I was like when that was on, I was like oh look at this look at this, he's brilliant look at it, how amazing and it was absolutely crap after that (laughs) nothing happened and then did you see that updated mystery machine and oh there's so many abominations in this and I wasn't as offended as you I was expecting more from it because I know that they're capable of making good stuff and this um, and they this is a potent source material. Don't know. It's like you go around someone's house and they give you a steak and you know that this is a Kobe, big slice of Kobe beef, but they've, it's just not done really that well. But it tastes <laughs> all right. It's fine. You, you, it's steak and it's nice enough. But, mm, no. You managed to bring it round to food news. And now I'm just saying, I, I don't know if anybody else has seen it who's watching this or where it, it, how. I mean, it, it's been delayed, obviously, which I can understand why now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm surprised they haven't done a worldwide 
uh, released of it. They should have done it because people would have just crammed on it for the first week, then told everyone it's crap, and then that would have been it. But you would have had that nice influx of money. But I can I can say that if people like me are talking to people about it, no one's going to watch it when it comes out. I think the kids will like it. The kids are going to... This is the problem with a property like this. You... I've got to do that two-layered approach. There's got to be plenty there for the for the people who watched it as kids and have grown up and, and a nice nod to them. And it's got to appeal to young kids. You, There is a way of doing both. And it oh, takes yeah, yeah. talent. And there is no talent involved in this because all they're <laughs> capable of doing is doing a Pixar movie that looks like Scooby-Doo. This isn't a Scooby-Doo movie done in Pixar. This is a Pixar movie that, that's, that's got a, a makeover, in my opinion. And that bombshell. <laughs> that's that done. I mean, to me, it wasn't. It was about a four out of ten It's a um, score, really. I mean, we'll have to start moving over to a different set of scores when we alter the magazine. Uh, 473 yeah. is going to be a very revamped Starburst mag. You heard it first here. We're working on it now. But we're not telling you anything about it for quite some time yet. Yeah, can I just roll back a little bit to the Scooby Doo thing? I've mm. just pulled up. In, what like in, that? I... Like um, the um, what is it? The flashback. Yeah, we'll, we'll go wobbly for a minute. Scooby Doo ending. Yeah, uh, I've just pulled up the, the credits on IMDb. Yeah, the director has been doing Scooby Doo and Tom and Jerry and Looney Tunes for years. Yeah. They need uh, to. He's a disgrace. He even thing. did. He did Scooby Doo and Kiss Rock and Roll Mystery, which yeah. I, I own on video. For, yeah. Uh, DVD. She's not a bad one. Yeah. Well, he's he's he should be ashamed of himself. Makes it worse. <laughs> Makes it worse. Makes it worse. If it was just a a, a, a if it was say the director of um, what's it? What's that kid boss one? Something like that. If it was the uh, you know. If it was just, you know, a sum, he'd been dealing with other Pixar movies and this is his first time dealing with this property, you'd go, oh, I get it, I understand how it's ended up like that. But that makes it a puzzlement to me that he would think that this would appeal to the audience that he has been catering for for all these decades. Yeah, and there's a massive, uh, massive cast in there. The cast is wonderful. The voice talent in this thing is not a problem. The characterizations of everything is a problem because none of them are recognisable and they're all done to appeal to kids now without any callback to what went before, in my opinion. Well... I, I got a little bit more out of it. Oh, no, I, it'd be interesting to hear some other people's opinions on it if they've seen it, because I I don't know if this is just me, but I'm, sometimes I can be very pedantic when it comes to this. I, I've always been of a mind that if you're going to spend millions, millions on buying a property, that you have to use some of the, the key components of that property, and, and the character's got to be very similar. I don't understand why... There's so many of these films where they're just buying the rights, and I think we're going to be dealing with a prime example of that later on, where they're just buying the rights to something, and it's just a name. They're just using a name. They're not. They, it doesn't have anything to do with the source material. This has got enough to do with it that if you're a Scooby-Doo fan, there's a reason to watch it. But, oh, I don't know. But, 
But anyway, it's still now over it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, have, people have problems with the live-action movies. I quite enjoyed them. Yeah, at the moment. Especially the second one. I thought the second one was, was really good because it had a lot of live-action versions of those cartoon characters, the, the you know, the bad guys. But, mm. but um, him, him with his dyed white hair, I was never sure about. <laughs> Freddie Prinze yeah. Jr., wasn't it? Yeah. He dyed his hair white, didn't he? Well, he, he was a bit of an odd one. Yeah. To be in there, I, think. I mean, this uh, the Scooby even go. It does do a very important bit of um, examination for as an origin story. It does deal with why Fred is uh, where he got that ascot tie from. Yeah. Because we've all been <laughs> gagging to know that, and and it does it go. It sticks its neck out, and it it tells you. Which is, you know. So there got, you go. Got all the eyes and. Yeah. Right. So, what what else has been going on, Martin? News. Come on, give me some news. What's been oh, going on? What have I missed there's out? Not, on? There's not been an awful lot of news. Uh, Ewan McGregor's going to be voicing Jiminy Cricket in Galero del Toro's Pinocchio. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, exactly. I know. Even the film doesn't excite me. No, it's, it's I mean, just one of them where you get you get all these different we want versions. New stories. I think so, yeah. I really do. I mean, you know, I, I don't know if you've seen uh, Dumbo. I've not seen the, the, the redo. Burton, no. yeah. I mean, you, yeah, it's a Tim Burton movie. It's Tim Burton's Dumbo. It feels like Tim Burton. It's it, And this will definitely feel like uh, Del Toro's Pinocchio, I'm sure, because he won't be able to help himself. He, he makes the movies he makes. But then you get, there's just a point when I was watching Dumbo where I went, well, what's the point? I don't know. And all the weird, the, the really weird stuff that got to you about that actual animated, he tones down. Mm. I don't know. It's like everything. I mean, there, there were elements in Dumbo that needed to be toned down, if you remember as well, especially at the moment. Well, and also, it's a very dark film. It is. Uh, and I don't mean that in that way. No. I mean, in, you know, in the context, it's, you, you know, especially if you, if you like animals and things like that. And... You're very right on that. And, and and weirdly enough, it's a dark movie. Tim Burton would think, you'd think, oh, well, that's good because he, he brings that edge to stuff. But every now mm. and again, Tim Burton messes up. And when he's dealing with a dark property, he 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 lightens the tone and that's what he did with this he he went with some at yeah. light then he he did in and and he does the other way around and all like he he goes and um he takes on a sci-fi the out of this world property really outlandish property like planet of the apes and he gave it a dark dour aesthetic yeah and that didn't work and, for people and he lightened dark shadows and he lightened dark shadows, which and then and then in the middle of this lighter, brighter approach to something like that, he goes and butchers loads of kids and doesn't even. And then you expects you to be all right with the main characters. He's a very very yeah. strange director <laughs> at the moment. His consistency's all over the show, and he's not he, his hits. And and this is a guy I loved. He was he's got to be one of my favourite directors. He, that there was that era from the 80s right up to the 90s where he couldn't put a foot wrong. Every yeah, film yeah. he made was a stone-cold classic. And from from Pee-wee's Big Adventure all the yeah. way through him, the Edward Bloody Scissorhands, you know. Um, yeah. I'm a big fan of Edward. Edward is, is one of my absolute favourite films and that could that is my favourite 
Tim Burton film. That and Edward Scissorhands probably second, but I, I like Edward Scissorhands' very soft spot for that because of Vincent Price as well. Absolutely, yeah. But it's, it's quite tragic seeing it like that. It, it, it's, it's amazing. I thought that was a brilliant. I mean, if you look at somebody's last role, say, on film, that, mm. that's, not a bad, that's not a bad way of you know, going out on that one. You know, totally agree on that. It was, um, it was very. He still could act, still could bring it. It's really good. Yeah, I love, I love that. Saw it as a ballet. You know, Tim, mm. they did uh, Edward Scissorhands as a ballet. I saw it at the Lowry, and it was wonderful. Well, very good. Did he have big hands? He did. He did, and he, we, we had a sense of humour. Um, you know, it would it had a bit of comedy in it, but it was a ballet, and I know it's not everybody's thing. I don't. I'm not a massive fan of them, but this was really entertaining. The music was beautiful. You know, that's the thing. I, I saw a film that was uh, it was it was in German, but I didn't have any subtitles on it. Called Edward Penis Hands. Oh, Christ Almighty! Uh, and what happens in it... Edward Penis Hands? Well, he's 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 got witches on his hand, and instead of hands, and he's oh right, and I... he's doing doing naughty things with them. See, I thought the other way around that he'd be trying to do naughty things with a normal penis, but he'd be having trouble because of them fingers. <laughs> so I no, no, it's... yeah. Oh, that <laughs> that'd, just... be, that'd be awful, that one. So, do you actually see his hands and they've got them? Yeah, yeah. It, oh, it's, it's just, just a disgrace. It's something it? we could cover because it's fantasy. It's, uh, I'm sure it is. I mean, we never. Bit, we ought to maybe do a, a feature. Like we ought to do a feature on the porn remakes of, of, of classic genre movies. Maybe that's a uh, whole we, mag. We, well, we, we could do that and have the, the, the pages stuck together. Oh, God. <laughs> You know, like the spoiler section. But... Yeah, yeah, I remember when, when we used to do that. That's um, oh, bloody awful, isn't it? Oh, well, we got a, we got a couple of emails. So this is All right, that, that'll take us away from this. We definitely... Oh, this is funny, this. Oh, um, it's your brother, and he's saying, oh. Evening, chaps, hope you're okay. Well, watch Artemis Fowley spelt it differently, and he says in brackets, Yes, I know. It was absolute shite. I can only imagine how the books must be better, but to be honest... Um, it's time I'll never get back. So what's your recommendations for this week? Well, my big recommendation was Emma, and I'm going to share with you in not not very much longer, another five, six minutes, and we'll get into uh, Artemis Fowl. But he, I like this. He sent from a Disney flop. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, it's a bit early to classify it as a flop just yet. We're going to have to see how many people watch it because it was delivered via Disney Plus, and I'm sure yeah. that they're going to be just as guarded about their download download figures as as Netflix are. So, yeah. uh, although Netflix claim to not have them and uh, don't have real access to them, and in, in any real sense, they manage to do a top ten chart every week. Which is quite yeah, strange. We, isn't we it? know that sort of way of saying things. Yeah, I know. Um, a friend of mine, Gareth Alexander, he's um, emailed me saying, Good evening, Mike and friend. Hope you are keeping well, enjoying the podcast as usual. Keep up the great work, enhancing my listening enjoyment by trying to guess where you'll slot in the crickets uh, slash tumbleweed sound effects. With the technology, <laughs> with the technology of the last 20 years, meaning that previously unadaptable source material could now be done justice on screen, like MCU, Lord of the Rings have shown. Do you have any thoughts on anything, books, comics, which hasn't been transferred but could now be given the movie treatment? Cheers. Well, 
you're going to in about five minutes hear why maybe that that be careful what you wish for when it comes to adaptation to books and special effects. But I'm thinking that you're going to get what I've been waiting for a long time very soon, and that is Dune will be finally... James, the, the, the actual Dune will be brought to life in the way that uh, it is the book at long last. No? I mean, I, I liked... Yeah. I did like the David Lynch's version. I thought it was OK. But... It, was a, it was a good film, but I, I mean, I haven't read all the books, but I, I imagine it's not a patch on them. So. Well, it didn't feel epic, did it? No, and and yet you see some some things, and they they're just epic. Like I was talking about the the good, the bad, and the ugly, and it was a three hour mm. opus, and it felt big. And I would imagine that that um, like two thousand and one, which wasn't that long actually runtime, but it well, it had an epic feel to it. It felt long. <laughs> yeah, and and these are the these are the things. I watched Lawrence uh, of uh, Lawrence of Olivia, I nearly said then Lawrence of Arabia. <laughs> Um, while well, I've been on lockdown. Um, yeah, I forgot that was four hours long. That's a fatal mistake. But the version I had had the actual interlude for the cinema, so it was playing all the stuff that would have been on in the auditorium. It's really good. And right. that, that... This, this, this is the joke, by the way, but I watched a, a palm version of that. Yeah. Lawrence of Alabia. Joke. Anyway, cricket. so, there, so there, the crickets, the crickets, the crickets, <laughs> the crickets got got their weekly out in there. Um, yeah, it's 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 difficult, isn't it? That that's one of them. Uh, I think Lord of the Rings was the obvious one over the years, and finally they nailed that. Although then you got the double-edged sword that they decided to do the Hobbit. But yeah, less said about that, the better. Um, well, that could have been a lovely two-hour adventure film. What a great, a wonderful film! And they, they, the ego behind that was was they, they have to stretch it. outrageous. That what they did with that, it'll always, to me, be the most one of the most arrogant things I've ever seen anybody do. I mean, even if they'd have done the two films, it was it was arrogant. Three was taking it's the true, piss. Yeah. Taking the piss, um, you deserve to fail at everything you do from that point when you get that greedy and arrogant, and that's that's it. But I'm trying to think of, of something else that could be done justice to now that um, wasn't or has been done not very well done. Hmm. Yeah, there's not much else I can think of because they tried to do Hitchhiker's Guide and that didn't really work. That's a problem with with t- you, some of this. You go too far with the special effects, and then you're left with you know something really soulless and empty. Whereas I do think, although not everybody loves the Lord of the Rings movies, I think they they did them really well. I think they captured. Well, they're, they're, they're going back to them on Netflix, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. And doing a TV series of it. Well, yeah, I, I've, I'm not sure exactly when it takes place, whether it's retelling that story. I think it takes place after that. I might be wrong, but I think they're mm. doing what they did with Watchmen and tell the story after the movies. Well, that'll be a little bit better, but... Yeah. It's a wonderful world. I mean, it's a world of total adventure. You know, the, the Tolkien's Middle Earth is what everything was based on. Everything you've seen, World of Warcraft, Dungeons & Dragons... The whole fantasy genre game. There would be no Game of Thrones without Tolkien's mm. Middle Earth. Yeah, 
Absolutely. And and uh, so so bloody Tolkien is responsible for all these shit books that keep being dropped off at Starburst. <laughs> these wanna be Game of Drones, <laughs> Game of Drones books. Everybody wants to write the next Game of Thrones. That's the problem. Well, it's 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 the same as they everything, do. you know. Uh, soft porn, sort of fetish things yeah. become successful, and everybody wants to do that. Everybody wants to knock one of them out. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's absolutely uh, outrageous. Some of them are dreadful, and they're all the same. They're all the size of a, a massive doorstop. They, they, they all have some weird Celtic uh, design-inspired cover, and in and some weird map of this imaginary world that these authors think that you're going to dive into and and become enamoured with, because and they they've been getting high on their own supply, basically. And names you can't pronounce. Yeah, it's you know, and the the the, the female warriors have massive tits, <coughs> they have massive fucking breasts, and the the men have massive swords and cod pieces, and um, and there's and there's some mystical crown slash throne slash goblet slash whatever that they need to um, find in order to secure the kingdom. Yawn, yawn. But let's let's move on to uh, Twitter. We've got one on there from yep. uh, our good friend Mr. Geldad. Yes. Uh, just a quick question: uh, Are we going Xbox? One X or PlayStation Five? Oh, That's Xbox. That's easy to beat. Zero. Xbox all the way. I've, I've had an Xbox in the beginning. Funnily enough, I got a PlayStation. I loved it. The first one when it first came out, playing Crash Bandicoot on it and all that. Wonderful wipeout. What an amazing experience that was. Loved it. And then I didn't think much of the Xbox, the original that came out, but I bought the Xbox 360, the first that did online gaming and did it really well. I love the interface. I love the uh, entertainment system you get with the Xbox One. It's great. You can have Plex on it. You can watch all your movies. You can do absolutely everything on it, except for Mubi, because Mubi don't have an app for that. They only have it for the PlayStation. <laughs> uh, I love playing games on it. I love watching films on it. I think it's a great entertainment system. I think the Xbox wins for me all the way. And, and what you get for your Xbox Live, which is 70 quid a year, you get a, um, a game every week free of charge that you just download and it's forever yours it's on your account and these are good games these are really good games these were a month earlier two months earlier on sale for 40 40 quid and 30 quid so you can develop already i must have about 40 games that have been given free so you you literally for the for the live subscription how many you get you play? i'll admit i don't get time to play them very much but they but here's the the other side of it I have got one or two games that I would have never bought in a million years that when you've downloaded them, you just give them a bit of fiddle, have a look round, see what it is. And they've been a couple that have been absolute brilliant, and I have played them, and I would have never bought them. So, well, that's fair enough. And you're getting a library for nothing, and for someone like me with not that much free time, it's nice to have that as another little option every now and again, just, oh, right, I'm going to have an hour on here. A bit of fun. Six, six hours later. Yeah. So, so you did. Um, I think that's. I think yeah. Get get your Xbox, Jeff. I mean, yeah. Sod yeah. Tony. Save, save your money. So, sod down. Tony. I said then. Who's Tony? What's he done? <laughs> um, no, Sod Sony, not Tony. 
Got got um, Paul Mount uh, Mounties emailed and he says, "Hi gents, agreed. Scuba, not a disaster. They lost me as soon as it appeared that Shaggy meant Scuba as a puppy in the modern day, and then we flash forward to adult Scuba and Shaggy still in the modern day. Yes, you've just brought something else up now, and this is the bit that I'm going to throw at you, and you can't defend this, Martin. Go on. Simon Cowell." Oh, question mark talk about 10 years that. late the first thing i saw simon cowell turns up playing a pixar version of simon cowell and i thought boy have you left this late this is 20 years 15 years too late this is so unbelievably shit i mean my god they did a cameo of him in a, a scare, scary movie three or something or scary movie four one of the two and and that well, was like well, he's still 18 years ago state. i don't care it's lame yeah. because he's just it's like having a it's like in a kid's movie and then suddenly uh pixar version of bruce forsyth turns up it's a bit weird these are kids, these little kids, they're not interested in him and his high trousers. It's fucking stupid. Anyway, um, he said, I just saw Little Joe, my film of the year so far. I I recommended that the first week of lockdown on this show, and it, it, I agree with you, Mount. He's saying my film of the year so far. I think it's one of my top three movies. Uh, very eerie and disturbing, a modern reinvention of Invasion of the Body Snatchers, some genuinely quirky, unsettling moments, extraordinary soundtrack. Also enjoyed... Your man Harry Potter in Guns Akimbo, even if it ran out of oh, ideas. Guns Akimbo was brilliant. Oh, I was so much fun that. But, but yeah, Little Joe is a special film. People need to bag it. If uh, you've not seen it, Martin, you need to. No, no, not it's seen a, it. I've got, I've got a copy of it, but I'll just... Uh... Guaranteed not to be a waste of time. Off genre, Tom Hanks is brilliant in A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood. I've seen that Absolutely. and I love that. We love that yep. film. Highly recommend it. And Mounty says, he describes it as a charming and low-key film, perfect for those, these charged and edgy times, Toodle Pip. I couldn't agree more. I, I mean, my Absolutely. God, that's that's everything in a nutshell. Uh, Malcolm Newman uh, saying, Tom and Jerry talk. He says, I meant, oh, you're both well. Just got the new mag today, but not had the chance to dive in properly. Have you seen the Tom and Jerry movie based on the, on the Willy Wonka movie? It's awesome. Wizard of Oz 1 is great too. Anyway, stay cool. Keep up the good work, Mal and Dawn. I've heard of these, but I haven't seen them. Yeah. Ah. I need to try and them down. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he says he's a TESD, and I, I listen to their, them, obviously. We Well, we met and we put one of the shows on, and, uh, oh, right, and yeah, so yeah. it sort of stayed stayed in touch. I, I do like the Tell Them Steve Days podcast. Where, where, why are we advertising another podcast on here? I don't exactly, know. You've, got, you've got less than five minutes to do your review. Right, then. well, let's get stuck <laughs> in then. Right, uh, Artemis Fowl, don't watch it. It's a waste of time. It's now available on Disney+. Plus. It's been in development hell since 2000. Miramax wanted to do it. Uh, it's based on the novels by... Um, God, I can't remember his bloody name now. Eoin Colfer, I think. He did the Hitchhiker's Guide sequel because he was a mate of um, Douglas Adams. Now, the books apparently are great. He's an anti-hero. He's a, uh, a criminal mastermind child. He sounds good. It sounds like an evil version of Wesley Crusher. So I was sold on the idea of it and all the stuff. And he's, he's hey, one of his sidekicks is a fairy and all the rest of it. This is a CGI overblown fiasco with terrible 
acting. Um, terrible special effects as well for all the money that's gone on them. Some of them, it's like watching some inane cartoon that washes over you. It, it starts out, his father disappears, and then he turns out that his father has been protecting all these antiquities that all have magic, and, and then the fairies get involved. And I'm not even going to go into it because the story is so shit it's untrue. Kenneth Bra- the shocking thing about this film, the shocking thing about this film is Kenneth Branagh's directing this. Kenneth, sit in a room and have a think, okay? Now, <laughs> second person to get my eye from this is uh, Judy Dench. What in the name of fuck is Judy Dench doing with these stick-on ears being this this princess? Um, she's like working for MI6 for, for, for fairies, yeah, and uh, turns up in Ireland and then shouts with, with the ears on, top of the morning. And I'm like, you, 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 Judy, this is, don't. This might turn up on your obituary reel, this. Just what are you? What is she doing? Why? 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 Oh my God! Then uh, yeah, the, the, it's all shit. The kid, the kid, and the character that he does play—they've sort of toned it down. I'm assuming that he's much more. I've not read the books. I'm assuming that he's much more of a, a clear anti-hero in that. Whereas with this, it's one massive shitbag shuffle start to end, where he's been kind of good all the way, but the he, then at the end he describes himself as a criminal mastermind at the end in one scene, and he's done nothing criminal throughout the whole thing he's just been a bit of an obnoxious shit to be honest he's a know-it-all twat that you just want to smash around the head every time he comes on screen so you know all all fair play to Ferdia Shaw who's managed to uh, encapsulate everything I hate about young people in in one character and then, you know, I could go on and on and on and on. If you want to know uh, another amazing little thing, Colin Farrell's all right in it, but he's in it very little, and he he quite rightly looks embarrassed to be involved uh, all the time. <laughs> and and then you've got the one of the main characters that's a, a fan favourite of this is Holly Short, who's this um, who who is played by Lara McDonald, who is playing a fairy, and they've picked her because obviously she's young. I've checked on IMDb, and it, and you'll wonder why I'm going on about her height in a minute because uh, we've already discussed the CGI way they brought stuff like Hobbits to life in Lord of the Rings and they've clearly chosen her because she's five foot two and she looks quite childish in her uh, young in her face and they could cheat in certain scenes however he starts off she's playing a character that's three foot four and she's wandering around and they've done the Hobbit thing with her reduced her height scene relativity to everybody else and then towards the end of the film they just thought, oh, well, five foot two's pretty short, so we won't bother anymore. And she's just, they didn't bother at the end. There's a, a few, a quite a few scenes towards the end where they haven't, they haven't de-sized her. Um, so she's, uh, they forgot. That's, that's, that sums up this film and everything that's wrong. Uh, if, you, if you make time to watch this, you're a twat. If you enjoy it, you're an even bigger twat. It is a waste of everybody's time involved in it. It's one of the worst things I've seen this year. It isn't abysmal when you look at how much it costs and the talent involved. It is a slap in the face. I I cannot say enough how you need to avoid this like the coronavirus. I'm done. That could be the new expression. I'm done. Avoid it like COVID. There's, you can have that for the poster for free. I sign off on it here. And with that, we are totally out of time. I've been Mike and he's been Martin and he's said nothing for about 20 minutes anyway Um, (laughs) and and I apologise and we will see you 
next week. Treasures of history to be found Hidden legends of time All the handiworks remain Only the dream away to Starburst Radio, the greatest radio show in the universe. Every Wednesday, 8 p.m. until 10 p.m. Exclusive to Fab Radio International. Starburst Radio is sponsored by Fab Cafe. TV and movie theme bar, 109 Portland Street, Manchester.